Hi, I'm Carly Zakin. And I'm Danielle Weisberg, and we're the co-founders of The Skim. Welcome to our podcast, Skimmed from the Couch. On every episode, we invite smart, inspiring, successful women to chat candidly about what it takes to get to the top, and then what it's like when you actually get there. So this is a podcast about the real stuff, the crappy days, the bad advice, the first big career win, and the people who are there for the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. We started the skim from a couch, and we have only one rule on this one, no BS. So please join us in welcoming Hope Tates to the couch. Hope spent more than three decades working in investment banking in an industry dominated by men. She has made her own mark. She started her own management money management company, Catalyst Partners. These days, Hope is the CEO and managing partner of ELY Capital, where she focuses on investing in consumer and tech companies. We are also very proud to say she's one of the Skim's newest investors, Uh which is very (laughs) exciting. Hope, welcome to the couch. Thank you for having me. Uh, A bit embarrassing to hear uh, such nice things say about me. (laughs) (laughs) We get it out first. Well well done. (laughs) So the whole point of this is to talk to people who have already had success in their career and talk about like the bad stuff that happens along the way and how you navigate it and like actually like the real shit that people don't really talk about. So I want to first jump into what I think one of the things I noticed first about you when we when we met and before you as you became an investor, we were kind of going through that process. I talked to you on the phone a lot and I texted with you a lot. And a lot of our conversations started with, so sorry, I'm traveling, just getting on a plane. Sorry, just got off the plane. I don't know what time zone I'm in. Uh, I'll call you right back. And then I would say like, oh my gosh, are you okay? Like, how do you feel? You're like, I'm fine. This is what I have to do. So I am someone, and Danielle, you're the same. I need a lot of sleep. I don't do well moving in a mile a minute like that. And I want to just talk about like, that is seems very much your pace. And you've already been very successful. So you're not doing this paycheck to paycheck anymore. Just kind of talk about your work ethic and your pace. Okay, so first of all, I like to say I live in the cloud. Um, (laughs) It's a much easier way of describing my life. Um, I enjoy it. I actually get high from being, you know, traveling somewhere. (laughs) And also, I was like digital cloud or like actual cloud, which is kind of sad where we are today. Probably both, right? Um, I also firmly believe in drugs. Um, what kind of drugs? No, uh, uh, drugs to make you sleep on yeah. a plane because Is there a favorite one? Uh, Ambien if you're if you're taking an overnight or melatonin if you don't want to go the Ambien route. This is uh, already my favorite show. Yeah. <laughs> um, because you have to be honest, you got to yeah. you have to sleep. Um, it is you're you perform better when you do sleep, but it is much more productive to take an overnight flight to Europe than than not. So drugs. That's the first. <laughs> that's the first thing I have to say. Um, the second thing is you have to actually know what gets you up in the morning, and going to new places, meeting new people, and being a lifelong learner with and getting uncomfortable, getting out of your your comfort zone, actually makes me high. Um, and I'm better the more I travel and go to places and see people in their spots of work. So <laughs> so what has been your driver along the way in your career? Like you rose the ranks in finance. You became an entrepreneur on your own. You now invest a lot, obviously. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, but w- what has been your key motivator? Has it always been money? Like what? what is it? 
So I don't know that it's money, but it was actual control and control of your own destiny. Um, I am a very big believer that women need to control their own purse strings um, and their own pathways. So if we get more women into the C-suite, into the boardroom, and controlling their purses, then they will control their own destiny. So I never wanted to be controlled by anybody. Um, in fact, when I went to college, I cashed in my uh, food bursar part of the bill. So when I took the cash so that I, because I thought the meal plan was a waste of money and I could eat the yogurt and whatever for less money and then I can control my destiny. I didn't so, know you could cash it in. Really yeah. I think they changed well, think the rules. It, they kind of put you on a, like a different yeah. plan. But if you, yeah. yeah. What made you seek to have a bigger sense of control in your life? Like where did that come from? It comes from a very, first of all, I had a very strong grandmother, um, a survivor who lost her husband at a young age, and she made an incredible life for herself on one side. My other grandmother was uh, went to Barnard. She was highly educated. Then the Great Depression happened. She lost everything, um, went back and became a teacher, and strong women have led me to want to be independent. Um, and I have two daughters. I have three kids. And I love my son as well. Um, <laughs> but it, it is very important that women have the right to choose whatever pathway they want to choose. There are a lot of things that I want to get into with you and business and women and management. But one thing while we were, you mentioned your kids, what are you like as a mom? Oh, you're going to have to ask them. <laughs> um, I'm very structured. So I was always very structured. Um, I'm sure I am tough. Um, I am. I don't think you should be their best friends. Um, as they have gotten older, I am getting, we, you know, we are spending more and more time socially together. But we, I, I wanted them to be lifelong learners. And that's sort of the key also about the travel part. You have to be explorers. Somebody asked me, what do you want your epitaph to be? And it was originally that I made a difference. And I ultimately realized that's not the right answer. It's that I didn't raise sheep. So I, I wanted that. to give them the strength, the courage not to follow and to go out. And as a result, I'm strong and push them. But I think they'll so say it's I wanna, <laughs> uh, something you don't know. When we decided to um, to kind of put, pull you in as an investor after you graciously offered to be a part of it, you know, we did back channel references to make sure you're you're the, re the real deal. And one of the things that I, I asked someone, I was like, I think Hope's great, but she's really intense. And how is that, is, is that going to annoy us? Like, how is that going to go? And, you know, someone said to me and they were like, she is really intense. And, you know, coming up in finance and being a woman in finance, like she probably got called a ball buster a lot. But had she been a man, no one would have blinked. And I've talked to you about that a little bit in person. And I would love, you have a lot of opinions about women 
in work, women um, having children while while maintaining work. And, you know, we haven't had kids yet, but like it's very much like on our mind. How do we create a company that can scale with people as they go through life changes? And we hope people have families at the skin. Um, and I would love for you to kind of shed light on the, the, your thoughts around this. I know you got a lot of them. <laughs> uh, so first of all, you can't, uh, I think Christina Lagarde said it best. You can have it all, just not all the time. And that's the motto that I live by. You're going to give certain things up at different points of your life. So when I w had my kids and they were younger and working crazy hours, I certainly gave up uh, some friendships, which I wasn't as good to. Um, I definitely gave up getting to the gym as much as I should have. You, you have to prioritize because I like to talk about the ROT. Um, most people don't know what the ROT what is. is. No, what is it? Well, you know what the team? ROI is, right? Yeah. Return on investment. Re re ROT is return on time. So you only have 24 hours in a day. How do you maximize your time? And if you tr prioritize during X period of sprint, then you're able to be very focused. So my priority, when my, when my kids were really little, I thought great caretaker, great daycare, they could do it. My kids needed me a lot more in middle and high school. Little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. And I really encourage women not to get off the train early um, because women tend to get off before they've made real money. Mm -hmm. And where the opportunity cost doesn't seem as... Well, I think it's like a very real... When you talk about just cost, like I have a, you know a lot of people who are like, listen, like I don't necessarily... I'm not ready to stop working, but the cost of um, childcare uh, is so much that my salary won't make it worth it for me to to stay at work. And so it's a family decision that I'm... I'm it just doesn't make sense for me to continue working. And, and I'd love for you, like, if someone came to you, if your daughter came to you and was like, listen, like, I'm not ready to stop working, but we we did the math and, you know, it just, it doesn't financially make sense for us to pay for different types of childcare and have me work. How do you respond to that? Because you're not looking at the right financial model. You're looking at a balance sheet point of time that your earning is X in that year. And that, let's just say you're 30 years old. Okay, what you're going to make at 40 years old is different than what you're going to make at 30 years old. And if you get off the train, you're not going to be on the same trajectory. If you are an investor, you don't value a company based on the sales or EBITDA today. You base it on future, right? And you do, do a, a present value back. Why aren't we doing the same for women and the choice? Because if you do it at that one moment, you are. You're gonna. It, it, it. Absolutely. The economics don't work. I thought one thing that in in doing this show, we've we've obviously talked a lot um, to the women that we've had on about this. And, and one thing that was really interesting was when Joanna Cole said, "I don't think women realize that it gets easier if you're the boss." By the way, Joanna Cole's introduced us to her. Yes, <laughs> who introduced us, which is why I was thinking about that. But I thought that was a, a really interesting. I don't know if I had ever thought about it that way. And it's kind of like what you're saying, which is think long term. A hundred percent. Because first of all, the biggest problem when you're a young mother is you are not the boss. And for the most part, you do not have as much control on your schedule, but it gets easier. And as you earn the chits in the bank so that if you have to go to the parent teacher conference or the doctor's appointment, 
then somebody said, okay, I know you're going to get the work done, but you, you had to bank it early on and get the respect. And the problem is that women are making the choice to opt out of the workforce way too young and without knowing what their future potential is. And as a result, we have a funnel problem. We just don't have enough women, certainly in finance, rising up because it's really hard. Well, I think there's, you know, one thing about it is like women are making the choice. A lot of a lot of the choices uh, for women are being made for them, whether it's that, you know, family leave policies mm-hmm. at work are super unfriendly or there obviously is, you know, the, the tremendous financial concerns. Um, and I'm curious, you know, you talked in the beginning about controlling your own destiny, but if you were at a big corporation, how would you how would you today create a policy that um, that is supportive to giving women the choice to get off the train when they want to? So the question is, in a, in let's just take finance for a second because mm-hmm. it's easiest to to discuss for the moment. It's very hard for you to say at a like at a card table, take my chips off, I'll be back in five years because markets change right? You, when I say to women today, first of all, keep your foot in the game. Don't, because you have to stay current to what's going on. So you may remember that the only rule on our couch is no BS. And that's why we've been loving Unladylike, because it's all about women breaking rules. So I actually just started the second season and may or may not have laughed out loud on the subway. The hosts, who are pretty fucking funny, talked to comedian Nicole Byer about dating. Listen to Unladylike now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Check it out. So you're a very like serious person who's described like you self-describe yourself as intense. I want to know, can you tell us what is your company? E-L-Y capital stand for? Uh, this is definitely not serious. <laughs> um, I had to come up with a name very quickly, and, at, and it was sitting in the living room, and I'm not naming it after my kids, and my son had an Elmo doll, <laughs> and, it, and you squeezed it, and it said, Elmo loves you. That is E-L-Y. It doesn't stand for anything else, <laughs> but it does take me back to my kids and my love for them. Has anyone ever guessed that that's what it stood Not for? Not one shot. <laughs> <laughs> you've done so much over your career and you've done and talked so much about women over your career. What, what are you most proud of? I am most proud of the fact that I've done it my way and I've done it authentically um, and humanly. And there are days that are not good days. And there are periods of time that are not good periods of time. And I've always tried to be true to myself. I'll give you a silly anecdote. Um, My youngest daughter was desperate for me to be class mother. Now, you have to be joking. This is like (laughs) the last thing I need to do is be class mother. And she's like, come on, you have to do it. So third grade class, she's going to be 21, um, third grade class. And um, I come in back to school night. I have an ex- before Excel and everything. I have this Excel sheet with signups and, and emergency <laughs> contacts and blah, 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 and an agenda. And the father says, now the board meeting of the third grade class will oh begin. And I was pissed and he was rude. And then I realized I'm proud. 
you meet a lot of entrepreneurs, you invest a lot now. Would you have invested in the 22-year-old Hope? Probably not. Why? Um, Because I don't think that I was as focused. Um, I was focused on numbers and I was focused on succeeding, but I wasn't as, I would have invested in her as a person, but I wasn't as entrepreneurial in thinking of all of the creative things one could do. What do you look for now? First of all, I look for teams because I think it's really important. There are really tough days and the having teams and somebody else that you can bounce off. Um, I look at your ability to fall down and get up because, again, you're going to make mistakes, fail, fail quickly, get up, cry, find, find that outlet, but don't spend hours and days trying to, to figure, figure it out. You have to move on. Are you a crier? Uh, I am a crier. When, like, what about work makes you cry? Like, when do you cry? Um, I had a really tough day at a board meeting, and uh, I really was trying to get a point across, and I didn't. And on the way back, I went to the back of the plane, and I cried, and the person said to me, you know, why, why are you crying? You don't need to do this. Why, you know, just... And I said, I do. I need to do this for my daughters. I need to be in that room and I need to get my voice heard. And I cried because I don't think I was strong enough in getting my point across. And then I was angry at myself for should I have yeah. approached it from a different vantage point. The frustration, angry cry. Oh, <laughs> it's the worst. <laughs> it is the worst. Um, what aren't you proud of? Well, when I was in college, I was supposed to go to Europe on a semester, and I had a serious boyfriend, and he didn't. He told me, you know, don't don't go, I'm stay, and I listened to him, and I absolutely regret that I didn't have the confidence that to say. I'm going, and if you're here for me, and we broke up. I mean, it's not my husband. Um, But having that confidence to trust yourself and trust that the pathway might change. It might not be perfect, and that you you are confident to get back on the right road. What's your support system? Like, who do you go to when the path isn't perfect or when the things go well and you have a big decision to make? Your person. My sister. Um, is she in finance? Does she have? She is not in finance. She is absolutely. Uh, she actually describes herself as not knowing a number, um, <laughs> and comes to me for numbers help. Um, but I think when I had, I had a girl and then a boy, and when I got pregnant with a third child, people would say, "I'm, I'm sorry, you know, like, what? did you really want like?" You have one of that's each one. So it was really weird. It was awful. With people? And I, like, I really wanted sisters. Yeah. Because um, I think you have to have your person. Mm-hmm. Uh, my husband is also, but he's one of four boys, so you can imagine the yeah. emotional level. There. <laughs> it's different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's different. T- yes. Carly, what's your least favorite month of the year? January. Why? 
because that's usually when you go on your New Year's health kick and you only eat very healthy things I don't enjoy. So while January usually is Whole30 month, I thank you for the support. You're it really means a lot to me. I have something that makes it better for both of us, Sun Basket. Instead of vacation in a basket? No, it's not, but it's even better. It's a meal kit delivery that Yay. lets you make healthy recipes in about 30 minutes. That's it. Is it gross? No, it's actually good. You would like it. Last night I made tuna steaks with green beans and soft cooked eggs. I did a really good job. Uh, plus I'm ordering in a lot less. Um, I'm not into the eggs, but everything else sounds pretty good. Okay. Well, you can try it out. Go to sunbasket.com slash skim, S-K-I-M-M, today to learn more and get $35 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com slash skim, S-K-I-M-M, for $35 off. One of the things that I loved in prepping for this was reading about your first job was at a concession stand. You had a concession stand at a tennis club. We, Carly and I, hosted many lemonade stands and babysat. What did you think, like, that gave you? So it's actually funny. I didn't think about the concession stands when you were saying what I've invested in my younger self. Um, It gave me the responsibility. First of all, I had to get up. I had to bike to the tennis club. I had to purchase the goods. I had to mark up the goods. It gave me a complete ownership of the P&L. It was was really um, a lesson in running a business. And it also, again, it gave me financial autonomy. I pocketed the money. And I really want women to have that financial autonomy. I have always had my own credit card with my own small— We talk about this all the time, (laughs) that, like, our family is both installed in us. Like, we call it the the FU fund. But it doesn't matter if it's for a pair of shoes or it's, like, your escape fund one day. Like, it doesn't matter, but just to have that. And, I'm like, did you always tell your daughters to do that? A hundred and ten percent. And they need to have their own money so that— No spouse should be telling you you should not own those shoes. No spouse should be telling you you shouldn't do X, Y, Z. You should have a partnership. All of our real capital is pooled together. But mad money, if I want to buy a gift for somebody— What's the last thing you used your mad money for? Oh, it's usually— bags or shoes. <laughs> I like, I like <laughs> that term, mad money. But there's a reason why. Why is it always bags and shoes? Well, it's things I don't want to talk about. I just want to buy. No, they always fit. <laughs> they always fit, okay? No matter what your weight oh. is, they always fit, okay? <laughs> I mean, Danielle, go on. <laughs> Never mind. Another day, another conversation. <laughs> um. That is a good answer. I'm going to think about that. How? So one of the things that we love about you is that we get to ask real questions. And Carly and I had no finance background before this. So when you think about young women and you think about having a fuck you fund, how much money should they be putting in? Like what percentage of their? I don't know that it. So I've never really thought about it as a percentage. It's a really Mm -hmm. interesting finance. Like I want to frame the question. You have student loans. You you are definitely still like paycheck to paycheck. And you are also trying to save for your future. How do you think through this mad money FU fund with that on top of it? So the way I think about the mad money in in that scenario, which is don't go out and spend that money on a dinner. 
right? If you were going to spend X on a dinner, spend half, no different than the story I told you about taking my bursar money for the meal plan. If I could survive on the yogurt, then I could put some more money away. And I think that it is the concept of always putting something in a bank account or something in your fund. I used to collect my father's change. He he would basically throw out that, his change. I did that too. Yeah. And I bought a Canon camera. Oh and the sense of pride when I converted before a coin yeah. star, obviously. But the of counting. It's so funny you say that because I have my, one of my like most clear child childhood memories is like my parents had this like big like seashell bucket basically that just all the change in the house went into and my mom would roll the coins with me like every few months and go with me to drop them off at the bank and she's like you think these are pennies but like look how much it added up to and then that's what I would have to use that to buy something that I wanted and or we would split it she's like see like you don't get all of it and it's um, it's it just like such a visceral memory for me. So I'm glad that you had that too. I recently went to the coin star when I moved, and I was very upset that there's they a commission them. taken. Okay, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. I have something. I have what? a p- good piece of advice yeah. for you. They don't take commission if you convert it to Amazon. What? If you convert it to an Amazon credit. So I had the same Wait, thing when I first time what? I went to a Coinstar and I said, screw you. This yeah, is terrible. Yeah, I can you. go to the bank. Okay. I, I, I'm a finance person. You're not taking commission on my money. Wow. But if you convert it to an Amazon gift card. This has not been paid for by Amazon. <laughs> no, this is a real piece of advice. <laughs> wow. And that's the whole thing. We actually have to help women. We have to. So why should you be losing money? So one thing that. Again, like as I've gotten to know you these last few months, I think almost every phone call I've had with you, you say something that I know you actually mean. But in most other interactions I have with other people, to me, it's always the big red flag of they're full of shit. But I know you mean it, which is that you you say, like, I'm a straight shooter. Like, if you want to tell me something, it's going to be kept in confidence. And I, I, I mean, we always actually used to joke early on. Anytime we ever had a meeting and someone was like, guys, I'm a straight shooter. I'm like, you are the most full of shit person I've ever met in my life. And you're the opposite of what you're saying. And I'm curious how you are, you come off like very hyper protective of whether it's your investments, your friends, your family. Like, I know you mean it, that you're a straight shooter. How how are you, um, like, what is motivating you today to to keep that? And, you know, we, we talked about, like, what, like, that you love the pace, you like the adrenaline, you're fighting for your daughters. But on a, on a bigger scale, like, what do you think about when you're talking, you know, whether it's to founders like us or other founders, why is that so important to you? Have you been burned by that in the past? Like, where is that coming from? People tell you what they think you want to hear, not what you need to hear. Okay, people are constantly saying, oh, do this or do that. Lean in, lean in hard. Well, okay. can you always lean in? You can lean in when you've built a foundation to fall back on. You can't. And I think people and especially women and young, bright women today, they're telling them what they think they want to hear. And that's not helping. And the answer is, in order to change the equality problem, we have to be honest. It's tough. I mean, I, it, I, you, you texted me and I'd be all over. I'm not telling you I'm someplace else and I'll be there in an hour. I'm telling you where I am, but I'm telling you I will get this done, right? Mm-hmm. And did we get everything done? We got everything we done. 
people have the the level of trust has to be there. Um, but have you been burned by that before? Like, have people said that to you and were full of shit? Like, a hundred percent. And it's mostly because people elbowing their way to get to the top, and they'll say, "Oh, you know, you do that, and I'll do that, and we'll meet at the end." And I'm, and they're like, "It's a trick," <laughs> and don't fall into the trap. You talk a lot about women lifting each other up, mm-hmm. and then it's responsibility, especially on a board. Have you benefited from that? Did women lift you up when you first started? No. The <laughs> you talk about being burned. The women before me, for the most part, ate nails for lunch. Okay? <laughs> that, that, that's what they did. Okay? Um, they viewed there was one seat at the table. They There was one managing partner. There wasn't room for more that for more. Do you think anyone is describing you as eating nails for lunch? Like, were you, did you give it right back? Now, so that's my whole thing today is that I spend my day trying to help throw down the rope. But if I'm tough or intense, Mm -hmm. then I'm a bitch. I'm just being honest, right? This is what needs to get done, right? Would you rather me tell you what you want to hear and the easier or what you need to hear to get it to get it done. Um, and I think, yes, I have been burned. I have been burned by a lot of promises and I don't want that legacy below me. What's the worst piece of advice you've gotten? Well, again, I think it goes back to the worst piece of advice is don't, don't go on that plane because you'll be alone the rest of your life. Um, you know, I think the advi- the worst pieces of advice are don't do that because if you don't if you do that, your path will be confidence in yourself that you can get back on the path, you can have the hiccup, you can make a mistake or fail and fail quickly, but don't don't not go on the plane. I love that to end on. Uh, Huff Chates, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Join us next week for another episode of Skim from the Couch. And if you can't wait until then, subscribe to our daily email newsletter that gives you all the important news and information you need to start your day. Sign up at theskim.com. That's the S-K-I-M-M dot com. Two M's for a little something extra. 